Mark chapter 10, um, people are bringing this, uh, I'm going to start in verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on on them. So just picture that with me. All of these people in a great crowd, they're kind of pushing through, they're they're getting their kids to the front, kind of giving them that extra push so that Jesus would lay his hands on them. They wanted a blessing from Jesus. You can can picture this. If Jesus was here today, I guarantee you, I would take my kids, whatever, whatever it cost me, I would find Jesus, and I would push my kids up there and say, just go up there and get a blessing from Jesus. And so these people in the crowd, they're pushing their kids toward Jesus. I said I wasn't going to yell, but I get excited, so here we go. They're pushing their kids toward Jesus and Jesus is laying his hands on them and laying his hands on them and laying his hands on them. I thought about doing that before we sent the kids out and laying my hands on them and blessing them. But then I thought, I'm going to bless them with a cold, so I don't want to do that today. But instead, Jesus is putting his hands on He's blessing them. And then the disciples, right? These disciples, they meant good. They always meant good, right? Most of, the, most of them. They meant good. And so they start to stop the parents and stop the kids and saying, hold up. Jesus is a busy man. He doesn't have time to mess with all your kids. Now, if somebody did that in our congregation, if all, all of you and everybody in the community started shoving their kids on me and somebody stepped in and said, hold up, don't send your kids to the pasture, I'd, I'd privately pull them aside and say, thank you so much. Not a lot of laughter. That's all right. You didn't get it. Here we go. See, I, I like it when I tell a joke, and then it's like 10 seconds later I tell you to laugh. It's like an applause. Anyway, so Jesus is blessing the kids. His disciples say, don't bother the master. Don't bother the teacher. He doesn't have time for this. But Jesus, instead of thanking the disciples for, for sparing his time and for guarding his, his time, instead it says that he gets indignant with the disciples. He gets frustrated with the disciples. He gets angry with the disciples. And he says to them something that, that we've heard, I hope, maybe from a very young age. Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, belongs to such as these. Now process that in your head for a minute. The kingdom of God belongs to the children. It doesn't say at the exclusion of those that are no longer children, but he says, no, no, no. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And I, I thought about this this week, and I thought, well, we're all children at some stage in our life, right? All of you, raise your hand if you were a child at some point in your life, Right? Yeah, that should be everybody. Some of you are not raising your hands. and It's, it's bothering me because I'm not sure if you're really tracking with me this morning. So I say, all of you, whether you know it or not, were, each one of you were a child at some point in your life, okay? So Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God belongs to these, the children. So let them come. And he continues to bless them. And he continues to bless them. continues to bless them. And then he says, truly I tell you, anyone, now listen to this because this is important, friends, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. I don't get it, Jesus. His disciples didn't get it either. 
they didn't, it's not recorded here in Mark, but his disciples, they were completely perplexed. They were completely confused. They, they did not understand what Jesus had just said. I picture, you know, John kind of elbowing Andrew and saying, just go with it. Just go with it, you know? Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. How do, how do children receive the kingdom of God? I can't answer that from a, a broad perspective, but I know my children from a very early age, I told them Jesus loves you. I told them God has a plan for your life. I told them if you follow Jesus, you commit your life to Jesus, He's going to continue to present Himself more and more to you. And you need to fall more and more in love with Him. And as you fall more in love with Him, you're going to discover more truth about Him. And you're going to fall more in love with Him. And, you're going to, and this is just going to build in your life. And as I tell them these things, they believe more and more and more. They believe with an innocence. They believe with a deep faith. That nothing is impossible with God. And I'd say to you, each one of you, since we were all children at some age, if you were brought up in the church or told that from a very early age, at some point in your, your life you began to question this thing called God. This thing called faith. And I think it's okay to question what it is we believe and to, to ask and to dig in but Jesus says anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. It's important then that we approach Jesus with an innocence and say, you know, I believe. How do kids know that their parents love them? Because they tell them that they love them. How do kids know that their parents love them? Because they care for them. They provide for them, right? How do kids know that God loves them? Because God loves them and He tells them He loves them by providing for them and taking care of them. They look around, they see the beauty of God all around them. There's an innocence about it. And Jesus says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. See, this is a call to faith. To let go of everything else and say, Jesus, if all I have is you, I'm going to believe that. You've shown yourself to me. You've shown that you care for me and that you're going to provide for me. That's enough. I'm going to walk with you. I don't need to understand every truth and all the, all the, the deep truths of the, the Scripture quite yet. Maybe never understand all the deep truths of the Scripture. But I'm going to walk with you, Jesus, because you called me to walk with you and you tell me that you love me and you've shown that you love me. Anyone then who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. So to start, I want to ask this question. Just think about it in your own life. Is there anything in your life that is keeping you right now that is keeping you from receiving the kingdom of God? Is there anything in your life right now that is keeping you from receiving the kingdom of God? So Jesus finishes blessing the children. Then he walks away. His disciples are still wrestling with us. What does Jesus mean by that? I picture them again talking to each other. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Maybe Peter gets it. Peter never gets anything. 
Jesus finishes blessing the children and he walks away. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. <clears throat> I'm reading from the message this morning. If you've got the, the New International Version, if you've got the King James Version, uh, it's going to be a little bit different, but it's the, the, the same, the same uh, uh, account here. Mark 10, 17. As he went out into the street, as Jesus goes out into the street, a man comes running up to him. He greets them with great reverence. And he asks, good teacher... What must I do to get eternal life? Good teacher. With reverence, it says, he approaches Jesus. Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? This is a great question. How many of us would ask this question to Jesus? Hey, I want the assurance that I'm going to get eternal life. Can you give me some assurance? Maybe a box that I can check off. Something that I need to do. Something that I need to believe. What is the most important thing in my life right now for me to get eternal life? For me to inherit eternal life? Many of us, I am sure, would ask that same question. Jesus answers him. Verse 18, Jesus said... Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. Well, Jesus, that's a strange answer. What Jesus is really saying here is, do you know the one to whom you are speaking? That's what Jesus is, 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 is asking this man. He comes up to him with great reverence, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus says, I'm going to answer that question for you here in a minute, but first, it is vitally important that you understand who it is you are speaking to. So Jesus says, why do you call me good? There is no one good, only God. So why do you call me good? Jesus is truly asking this man, do you believe that I am God? Do you believe that I am sent by God? Do you believe that all, all the things that have been spoken about me throughout the ages, that I have been sent here from God, and that I truly am walking with the power and the authority of God? Why do you call me good? No one is good, only God. Verse 19, you know the commandments, Jesus says. Now he's going to answer the question. Okay, here it is. This is really what the, the, the guy wanted when he approaches Jesus. Tell me what I need to do to inherit eternal life. You know the commandments, Jesus says. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother, he said. And the man looks at him and he says, teacher... All of these, from youth, I have kept. We've got a couple of teens in here. Give me a wave of a hand, teens. If you have, now keep your hands up. Keep your hands up, because Austin's already got his hand down, because he knows. He knows what I'm going to ask. How many of you have, uh, have kept the Ten Commandments all the days of your life? Yeah, every hand went down. This guy says, I haven't murdered, I haven't committed adultery. Well, maybe not, because he's a young man. Okay, we're good. Don't steal. It's a little bit tougher. Don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. See, I just lost everybody. And he says, teacher from youth, I've kept them all. Kept them all. 
This is an exemplary young man. Even, even someone who could look Jesus in the eye and say, teacher, I've kept them all. I've kept all the commands from youth. It's hard to find a, a flaw in the way he, he, he approaches Jesus with great reverence. He greets Jesus, good teacher. And he asks how he can gain, how he can inherit eternal life with Jesus. And it's important to note as we keep reading here that Jesus doesn't argue with him. Jesus doesn't push back and he doesn't say, no, 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 no. I, I have this. I have on good authority to say that you have dishonored your parents. I know that you went into that, 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 uh, that, that store the other day and that you swiped that chapstick off the, you know, as you walk through. I know that you told this, this lie and here's what you said, right? Jesus doesn't push back at this man at all. Instead, we find that Jesus looks at him and he loves him. Verse 21, Jesus looked him hard in the eye and he loved him. He said, there's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. Then come follow me. Jesus looks at him and he loves him. He evaluates and he instructs. He encourages and he invites. Jesus tells this man, there's only one thing that is keeping you from inheriting, from entering God's kingdom, receiving his kingdom. There's only one thing that's holding you back from entering the kingdom of God. One thing you lack. One thing, then, that you have to do to enter eternal life, to enter God's kingdom. But this one thing, this one thing is the one thing that this young man did not want to hear Jesus say. This one thing is the last thing the man wanted to give up. Verse 22, the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. He turns and he walks away with a heavy heart. For he was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let them go. Friends, this could be the key to unlocking God's kingdom in your life. Are there things in your life, earthly treasures, that you are holding on tight to and not about to let them go? Could it be that Jesus is looking at you? He's looking deep into your eyes. He's loving you greatly. And he's calling you to do this one thing as you follow after him. Could it be that Jesus is looking at you and as he loves you, he says, but there's one thing left. One thing that you are holding on 
tight to? Could it be that Jesus is looking at you deeply and, and asking you to trust Him with this one thing in your life? Could it be that Jesus is inviting you to do this one thing, telling you, this is what's keeping you from my kingdom? Is there anything in your life, friends, that is keeping you from entering the kingdom of God. See, because it doesn't matter what that one thing is to me. It doesn't matter what that one thing is for the person across the sanctuary from you. It doesn't matter what that one thing is for the, the person who would never enter into the church. What matters for you and for your eternity as you stand before Jesus is that one thing in your life. I believe this, this passage this morning is inviting each one of us to evaluate our lives and say, is there one thing that Jesus would stand before me and say, but there's one thing. You might keep all the commandments, but there's still one thing in your life. Jesus tells this young man, there's one thing left. Go trade your earthly treasure and I will transform it into kingdom treasure as you follow after me. And then verse 23. Looking at his disciples. As this man walks away into the distance, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter into God's kingdom church anytime we think that we have it all and that all doesn't begin and end with Jesus Christ we have it all wrong amen see I read this passage and I I get a picture of our American culture today. We have it all. There's a lot of things that we want, but not too much that we need. Amen? I read this and I have to check my priorities. I have to check my treasure that is the things that I highly value and hold precious in my life. Are they truly in line with God's treasure? Have I committed them to God Holy and fully. Because understand this, Jesus is saying that we cannot enter God's kingdom if we are holding on tight to the world. We cannot enter God's kingdom if we are holding on tight to the world. Let's keep reading Mark 20, or 10, 24. The disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing. We can't believe it either. We read it. Yet we wrestle with it. But Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich to get into God's kingdom. That set the disciples back on their heels. Then who has any chance, they asked. But Jesus was blunt with them. He says this, no chance at all, if you think you can pull it off by yourself. 
but every chance in the world if you let God do it. Now, church, I would tell you, don't wrongly conclude that what Jesus is saying here is that the, the rich cannot get into the kingdom of heaven, and yet the poor can. Jesus never says that. He never, he never uh, 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 ensures that if you just give everything away, you sell everything else and, and, and give all the money to the poor, that that's what you have to do to enter into the kingdom of God. That's not at all what he says. Instead, he is identifying that one thing in this rich young man's life that he must do. And I believe that God is, if we commit to him our earthly treasure, if we commit to Him, we lay it down before Him in prayer, one-on-one, -on -one, standing before God, we say, God, what is that one thing in my life right now, at this stage of my life, what is that one thing that's holding me back from Your kingdom glory? I believe God will reveal that to us. Jesus says to His disciples, with man, this is impossible. With man, this is impossible. On your own, it's impossible to enter God's kingdom. But with God, all things are possible. If we submit to God, we commit all that we have to God, all things are possible. Nothing will hold us back. I shared something earlier this week. I said a lot of us in the church, good Bible-believing Christians, we are, we are living a life for Jesus and we are effectively ministering and witnessing in His name and we're doing a, 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 a wonderful job at it. And yet we are not profoundly and completely submitting to His Holy Spirit. What would happen if... What would happen if we continuously sought God for an infilling of His Holy Spirit. Just think about how much more success we would have. Just think about how much more joy we would have, how much more peace we would have in our life, how, how our temper would just go out the window because our will is aligned with God's will. With man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. This young man, he's holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let them go. Think about this picture. He's holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let them go. And God says, I want to bring you into the kingdom. You're asking how to enter the kingdom. But as long as you're holding on to the world, I cannot bring you into the kingdom. It's impossible. There's a lot of treasure in this life that we hold on tight to, isn't there? Last week, <clears throat> we gave out these gold coins, plastic gold coins. If you've held it in your pocket this last week, I invited us all to take one to hold it in our pocket Held it in my pocket this week. I noticed that I, I keep my hand in my pocket a lot and I, I would find that coin in my pocket and I would think about the message that I had preached to myself first and then brought and preached here last Sunday morning. But as I held it in my pocket, I noticed that uh, I would run my fingers over it several times. 
And at this point in the week, I have now a, a worn down black spot in the middle of my gold coin. Right? So what was once maybe looked a little bit valuable has no, no look of, no sheen of gold at all. There's no look of value to it at all because it's a cheap plastic coin, right? My invitation to you last week was to keep it in your pocket and to think about, to even to pray over your earthly treasure and so that we can come back today and we can commit our treasure to the Lord. Now I tell you, if you didn't, if you weren't here last week because of the weather, you can come and you can grab one of these coins and here in a moment I'm going to invite people just to come up and lay that coin on the altar if they desire to make that commitment before the church and say, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm committing my earthly treasure to the Lord. But today, I think about this passage, and I think about this rich young man holding on tight to the things of this world. See, there's a lot of treasure in the world, isn't there? God will bring it to your mind. If you, if you sit down with Him in, 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 in quiet you take it before him in prayer and you say, God, what is the treasure in my life? What is it that I'm highly valuing? He'll bring it before you. The problem with our mindset, the problem with our culture in many ways is that we see that someone else has a treasure and we want it. Can I get an amen to that? I want what that person has. I want a little bit more. Maybe that person doesn't have it, but if I work a little bit harder, I can get more treasure. If I just push this priority uh, a little aside, just for a little bit, then I can get a little bit more treasure. And God says, that's not your treasure to have, right? I think, but this rich young man, he was holding on tight to a lot of treasure. It was his treasure, wasn't it? It was his. He was blessed by God with that, but Jesus says, give it up. I think about that, that treasure, trying to get at that treasure. It's almost impossible when you try to get at that treasure. But if you work hard enough at it, you can get it. It's afraid. You're afraid, aren't you? See, the problem is I can get that treasure, can't I? But I can't, but I can't get it out. I'm stuck. And as long as I hold on to that treasure, I can't, I can't get to that place that Jesus wants to get me to. Because I'm stuck holding on to the things of this world. Okay, but Jesus, I just, maybe if I just hold on to a little bit of, no. As long as I, Jesus says, no, you have to let go of that. He says, I want to take you to another place. I want to take you down the road. I've got better plans for you, and that treasure is not a part of it. You've got to leave that here. See, one day, whether we let go of it now or later, one day we're all going to be taken out of this world. And we're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to look at us and he's going to say, what was the most valuable thing in your life while you lived your earthly life? What was the most important thing to you? That's not a time that we can hold up a hand with a jar on it, is it? Well, I've got this, so I'm good now, right? She says, none of that matters. Several years back, I think we were having a series on money and I said, all of our money is like monopoly money before the Lord. It didn't matter at all. It's not valuable at all. You know, we're holding on tight to the things of this world and we cannot let it go. And Jesus says, let go. Let go. And he says, I have a better plan for you. 
You're all relieved now because I got my hand out of the jar, aren't you? Jesus says, let it go. All these things are things of the world. He says, I've got a better plan for you. So as we conclude today, I just want to pause. I just want to ask you to bow your heads. And I'm going to ask you this question again. As we sit before the Lord, is there, is there anything Is there anything that you are holding on tight to that's keeping you from entering God's kingdom? Father God, I pray today that as your Holy Spirit moves among us, I pray, Jesus, that you would bring to our minds, bring to our hearts, Jesus, the priorities, the treasure in, in our lives, Jesus. And if our treasure is not kingdom treasure, if our priorities do not align with your priorities, Jesus, I pray that you would reveal that to us in a profound way today and give us, Lord God, all the encouragement that we need to let go of our earthly treasure, to let go so that, Lord God, you can transform them into kingdom treasure. Let your will be done in our lives, Jesus. We pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.